Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Britz, and this week's pod starts out with a quote. I want to thank Quincy Gurrier for all he's done for our program. In the time he's been at Syracuse University, I wish him the best. Jim Beheim, head coach. So, where's Quincy Gurrier going? Loaded question. He may be going to the pros. He may be going to another school. He's putting his name in the transfer portal. And he's also going to go try out and see where he lands. Either way, he's gone. Walking double-double. Guy gets rebounds. Guy who hustles. Guy tries really hard. Seemed to be a nice kid. I think he just looked around and said, this is just not the team I signed up for. You know, the team that he was on that went to the Sweet 16, most of those guys are gone. And now Jim Beheim's other son's on the team, Jimmy. Benny Williams is coming in. He's supposed to be very highly rated freshman. You know, plays almost the same position as Gurrier. And he might have thought to himself, I didn't get the ball a lot last year, and I still average a double-double. What's going to happen this year when Jimmy Beheim's on the team? Will the ball find me enough? Can I showcase my three-point shooting skills that I need to make the pros? And do I want to get called out all the time in the press by Jim Beheim? And I'll answer that question. The answer is no. Actions speak louder than words. He did not want to stay and find out what would happen a year later. Another reason I think he's going to go try out and thinks he can make it is because of what O'Shea Bursette's doing. In case you haven't noticed, he's been still contributing a ton with the Pacers. And Gurrier is a quote, I wouldn't say a carbon copy of him. Brissett's probably faster, obviously he's stronger at this point. And he could shoot a little better from the outside initially compared to Gurrier. But I think Gurrier may be looking at that that path and saying, I can do that. You know, I'll get more into Brissett later on, but I want to talk about Gurrier and the attitude and everything about kind of what Syracuse is going through right now. I know that this year is different with COVID. Everyone's had weird changes in their life. Things happen to them. And college basketball players are able to transfer or stay another year. And a ton of them are taking advantage of it. They don't like the way things are going. They're out. And Syracuse is no different. You know, I've talked about it at length this podcast, but if you followed any of the news or first time listening, you know, Kadari Richmond, nice bench player, transferred to Seton Hall. I think he'll be in the, in the pros. Uh, Robert Braswell goes to Charlotte. I'm sure he'll start there and he'll average double figures. Alan Griffin's going to go try out for the pros. Gurrier's got this transfer pro thing going. And there are a few other guys on Syracuse that I'm not going to talk about because they didn't really play. Some people might say attitude is everything. And I think in this situation with guys leaving from Syracuse, attitude is everything. It's not the players' attitudes I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jim Beheim's attitude. I'm going to work my way backwards on this one. Houston game, Syracuse loses. What does Jim Beheim say in the press conference? Guys will leave the program. Guys will transfer. Wow. Was that the time to do that? I don't think it was, unless you already knew some of the guys were going to leave, or you wanted them to leave, or you were thinking about guys on the end of their bench. Whatever the case, I just didn't think that was the time to talk about that. And I'm going to just talk about Gurrier first, kind of go down the line with some of the other guys that left. Gurrier was criticized a lot the whole season, whether it was indirectly or directly. Indirectly, 
Jim Beheim would say, you know, rebounding is a problem. You know, down low is the problem, not the guards, not Joseph Girard, not Buddy, even though they were chucking threes or making stupid plays. It was down low. It was, it was and essentially it's Gurrier, Dolajai, and, and Griffin. Well, Gurrier, I don't think, was a down low player when he came to Syracuse, and Jim Beheim even said that. So he was probably like a, a three man. Probably wasn't a power forward, but guess what? He adjusted, played down low, averaged pretty much a double-double in rebounds and points, and played against guys that were bigger than him that were more power forward or or centers. Dolajai was just one of those guys that would do whatever, right? Griffin, too. He he played probably out of position. He's probably a guard playing a forward position. So two of your guys that are down low never really played that position before, but they still managed to get rebounds and make plays and average double figures in the scoring. Dolajai just did whatever he needed to do. So you're saying the down low guys were the problem, even though they're playing out of position, still giving you everything you got. Hmm. Well, at the end of the season, when you, you assess things as a player, you know, I, I played for out of position for this coach. He still criticized me all the time in the press conferences saying, you know, I shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. Gurrier also was criticized for shooting threes. Obviously, he was trying to pull the defense out, or he saw Griffin, or not Griffin, he saw Gerard and, and Buddy Beheim shooting threes. He thought, why can't I? But it wasn't drawn for him. So maybe if Jim Beheim had worked with Gurrier, that hey, let's work on your corner three, or hey, let's work on this type of three, maybe it would have been a different story when it came down to this point in the season right now, where he decides to say, I'm going to either go to another team or transfer. And Alan Griffin as well. Let's talk about him. Probably better in a man-to-man system. Probably better in a, a, you know, kind of a helter-skelter type environment where he was great, kind of like on breakaways, on defense, blocks, big games where he would score in, in transition. But he was definitely, to me, a guard, not a forward. So you're playing him out of position. So then he, Griffin thinks that to himself too, you know, I was playing a position. I still busted my tail for this guy. Then down the stretch of the season, I wasn't playing. You know, am I going to showcase my skills to make the pro? No. So I'm out. And Kadari Richmond, Jim Beheim had said stuff like he can't play 35 minutes. Richmond goes through the season. He plays a ton. And let's be, let's be frank. If some of those games he's not handling the ball, Syracuse doesn't win. They don't make the NCAA tournament. Goes into that meeting with Jim Beheim. Hey, will I start? I don't know if you'll start. Where does his head go? Back to those press conferences. He can't play 35 minutes. I'm not going to start here. You don't think I can go 35 minutes? I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to play on that team and make the pros. Speaking of the pros, Brissett continues to contribute for the Indiana Pacers. Let's check out his last five games. 11 points, 11 rebounds, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 14 points, 9 rebounds. Tonight, Saturday, when I'm recording this, 16 points, 13 rebounds, 55% from the field, 50% from three, and four blocks. Why I mention Brissett is because he didn't have a great sophomore season. He had criticism from Beheim about his shooting and stuff, and he still made the pros. Look, he's doing great. So maybe Gurrier and Griffin and, and Richmond... You know, maybe their path was just different, and that's why they're leaving Syracuse, and maybe they'll make the pros, and I'm happy 
if they do, and I'm going to follow them. Even though they go to different schools, I'm Dome Dog. I want to end on a positive note because, hey, attitude is everything, right? One thing I'll give Jim Beheim is that he seems to figure out ways to get guys or retool when the team needs it. And I was talking about this on the Facebook page earlier today. The 2009 team, that team that won the six-overtime game, they had Johnny Flynn, Paul Harris, Eric Devendorf. All those guys left at the end of the season. Flynn went pro. I think Paul Harris tried to go pro, but he just ended up in the developmental league. Devendorf played overseas or something. And I was kind of bummed that those guys all left because I liked that team. I thought they were building something there too. But then the next year's team, the 2010 team, had Wes Johnson, who was a great player, ended up playing the pros for a while. They had Annie Routens. They had Scoop Jardine. They had Chris Joseph. Uh, a few other guys left over from that last team. They start off the season great. They look great. It looked like another championship. You know, Onawaku gets hurt. They end up losing to Butler. The results were the same, but the point is he retooled the team with the right fit of guys. So I'm hoping that these guys that he's bringing in and the guys that he has, he can magically put together another run. And we'll be talking later past the Sweet 16 next year. As Jim Beheim has said before, he worries about a few people's opinions. And he doesn't care about mine. He doesn't care about... Maybe the guys that are leaving his program, that's why his statements are just one or, line, one or two lines. And he moves on. Um, so we'll see what happens. The Dome Dog Podcast is brought to you by Mike's Portable Betting. He'll find the nearest OTD and possibly win you that G. And by James's Surprise Parties. So secret, even he doesn't know the plan. That's all I got for the Dome Dog Podcast this week. We'll talk soon.